morning, church. Happy Easter, everybody. I would be sharing a poem by Doni Akiriade. Here goes. Jesus was the child born of Virgin Mary. Jesus was the boy that was eagerly learning at the temple at a young age. Jesus grew in stature, wisdom, and favor. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus was both man and God on earth. Jesus saved. He healed and delivered. Jesus had disciples. He thought about the kingdom of God. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus was honored and showered accolades on Palm Sunday. Jesus was betrayed by his own. Jesus was denied his right hand man. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus was abused, accused, and condemned by the same people he came to restore. Jesus was spat on, wore crown of thorns, suffered so much pain. Jesus was lied upon, humiliated, and disgraced. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus was punished for a crime he did not commit. Jesus bore pains, sicknesses, and infirmities. Jesus translated me from darkness and every one of us from darkness into light. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus was on the cross. It is finished, he said. Jesus died. Jesus rose. And he gifted me and you and every one of us eternal life. Jesus, I have accepted the gift of Christ. And now I have a new life. Let's say this together. I have accepted the gift of Christ. And now, I have a new life in him. Hallelujah. Jesus is the reason for the season. Hallelujah. 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 You people should smile now. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so Acts 4.12, I'm reading NIV. It says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. Today we're going to be singing about the name, the name of Jesus, the risen King. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord, we worship you. There is only one name There is only one name With power to save With power to save There is only one name There is only one day power to save with power to save oh and our God is champion he reigns forevermore
lift up those hands to him. He reigns forever. He reigns forever. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, before we go into the our breakout session, um, let's listen to this because this gives us an idea of what we want to do this morning. We just want to talk about Jesus. Amen. Okay, let it roll. Hello, friend. Okay, so we're going to be having a break, breakout session, and um, like I said, and like the ad has told us, we want to talk about Jesus. We want to ask questions. We want to answer questions. What's the purpose? Amen. Jesus has said we should go forth and announce him. Now, it's a no-holds-barred discussion session. It's, you are free to ask, you are free to talk, you are free to give your opinion, okay? And we'll eventually look at it all from the scriptures. Praise God. God is not afraid of being known. God is not mysterious. Someone who wants to be known, or rather somebody who wants to be mysterious, will not move men to write 66 books about him. I don't think you've written one about yourself. So it means you are more mysterious than God. <laughs> Amen. So, let the discussions begin. We have folks who are going to be uh, anchoring, who are going to be facilitating it, okay, sharing with us, okay, so as much as possible. Uh, you know, we are, we are close, very close to each other, so let's not talk too loudly, but loud enough for those on your table, okay, to hear you. Praise God. So, if you have someone beside you, you don't know the person, Okay, maybe you should first of all ask the person's name first. Okay, it's good to know who you are talking with. Praise the Lord. Okay, let the discussions begin.
our conversation. I'm going to be giving opportunities for us, for those of us who have been convinced enough that we need Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. We're going to be giving that opportunity to receive Jesus. Here, we don't say that you give your life to Christ because according to the scriptures, you have no life to give. Giving your life to Christ is not a favor. The Bible says that we were dead in sins. So you had, you and I, I had no life to give him because I was dead in sins. But rather, he gave his life for me. And so, what do I do? I receive his life. In a nutshell, that's the message of salvation. Will I have all my questions answered? No, I, I may not. Will I need to know all the scriptures before I can receive Jesus? I promise you, you won't. However, that first step needs to be taken. He says, he said, anyone that invites me, he said, I and my father will come into him. We will make our abode in him. And then we will reveal ourselves to him. So, you can't know him afar off. You can only know him up close. So this morning, don't let anything hinder you. I hear someone saying, oh, come on, I've heard this before. This is about joining the church. Oh, no. Very far from joining the church. It's about you and him. Okay? It's first about you and him. And every individual will have to make that decision. At the end of the day, it boils down to you as an individual. So let me try to answer some questions before we go any further. Ah, quite a number of them here. Ah, let me see. Ah, I'll not answer this yet. Okay, let me ask, start with this. How will you explain it when an unbeliever says he or she is better than you in all ramification? You that is going to church and find nothing to show for it. What a question. Hallelujah. Lazarus the beggar died and went to heaven. 
the rich man died and went to hell. Life, Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So I don't receive Jesus so that he can make me rich. I don't receive Jesus because I'm poor. You don't need Jesus to be rich. You don't need Jesus to be materially comfortable. I know you may have heard such a gospel before, but that's not what Jesus came to give. Jesus did not come to give material wealth because before Jesus came, men or there were men who had material wealth. Material wealth is primarily as a result of industry. Being at the right place at the right time and being industrious. Do the right things, you'll be wealthy. So this life we are talking about, it's absolutely not. And when I say absolute, I've chosen my words well and I'm very deliberate about it. So if anyone comes, oh, come to Jesus, he will make you rich. Oh, come to Jesus, he will make you comfortable. Life is much more than that. Hallelujah. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? There was a rich man who came to meet Jesus. The Bible called him a rich young ruler. He said, Master, what will I do to, to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, go and fulfill all the commandments. He said, oh, all the commandments I have fulfilled right from my youth. And the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and had compassion on him. And he said, go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. Hmm. Guy looked at it, said, Ah, that's a hard one. And the Bible says, The guy left sorrowful. The man left sorrowful. The man left sorrowful. Following Jesus. What did he ask Jesus? The key to eternal life. Jesus tried his heart and he was found wanting. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he left sorrowful because he was, money was his master. Let me put it. He was afraid to let go. His fear was that, ah, all the comforter, everything I've had, you mean I'll just let it go like that? Jesus was testing his heart. Where his heart was, his heart was in his riches. So that's why Jesus now asks, he said, how difficult it is for those who have material wealth to enter heaven. Why? Because to receive Jesus, Material wealth has got to 
take this, a back seat in your life. Praise God. So, and to answer that question, there is something the Christian has that is way beyond whatever anybody can have here on earth. And so, does not make him inferior. It's the believer that does not know what he has that has a sense of inferiority when he comes before a person of material means. My wife engaged a rich person she met some time ago and the person asked, asked her, what is it that you have that I don't have? Because he compared himself to my wife. He said, hey, I can buy the whole of your life. But she boldly told him, oh, you have everything in abundance, materially. But you know what? You came into this world with nothing. You are taking nothing. But there's something that I have, you don't have. It's called the life of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish. But have what? Everlasting or eternal life. Eternal life means the life of God. That comes as a result of receiving Jesus. Because that was what he came to offer. So, someone, a Christian who asks such a question, does not know who he is. Amen. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's peculiar people, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you are not a people, you are enemies in your mind with, against God. But now he has reconciled you unto himself. He says you are far off, but now you are members of the commonwealth of the house of Israel. You are members of the house of, household of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Jesus is our Lord. You can't take that from us. Glory to God. We have it here. And in the world to come, we have it. Praise God. Okay. If he is a good God, why is he subjective? He gives to some and withholds from others. There are under five-year children dying in third world countries. Why would a good God look at them and die? Look at them die. Hallelujah. Why did God not get rid of Satan before the fall of man? Powerful questions. You see, the challenge of a number of people when it comes to receiving Jesus, it's 
boils down to the nature of God. A lack of understanding of the nature of God. There was a man who grew up in church. His mother fell ill, heart cancer, and he prayed. Did all the prayer he could do, yet the mother still died. And so when the preacher preached at the grave, the preacher said, oh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be his holy name. Oh, don't cry. The Lord took your mother. And the young boy thought in his heart, my mother, I don't have a dad, left me. And God took my mother away, left me with no one, left me an orphan to struggle through life. How do I make it? And you see that God is a good God? I don't think I want to serve that God that took my mother away. That's a wicked God. And he left. He left church. Said I'll never serve God again. Because God took my mother. Many years after, the grace of God never left him. Because God is always in a hot pursuit of everyone. He never leaves us. The Bible says that he's long-suffering. He suffers long. He said not wishing that, not willing that any man should perish, but that everyone will come to the knowledge of the truth. Years after, he began to discover that what the preacher said was a lie. Oh, but the preacher quoted the scripture. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. According to Job, blessed be his holy name. Only for him to begin to discover that even though it was in the Bible, it's not everything that is in the Bible, written in the Bible, that is truth. Because the devil also talked in the Bible. And the Bible, Jesus calls him in John 8 verse 44, the father of lies. He has no truth in him. So it's not every statement in the Bible that is true. Even though the Bible is a body of truth. So that it's in the Bible does not make it true. That's why in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, he said, God, in times past and in different ways, diverse manners, he had spoken to our fathers by the prophets. But now, in these last days, has spoken to us by or in his son. He said, no man has ever seen God before. So how can you explain someone you have never seen before? How can you be 
the primary mouthpiece of the one that you have never seen before. He said, no man has ever seen God before. Even including Adam, the first man that was created. He didn't know God. He said, no man has seen God before except him that proceeded from him. So Jesus is the explanation of God. He said to Philip, they asked him, show us the Father. He said, have you seen me? Have I been with this long with you and you don't know the Father? Anyone that has seen me has seen the Father. So in other words, what is contained in the Bible about God is what Jesus has said or demonstrated about him. So where do we learn about God from? From Jesus. If it's not, if Jesus didn't say it, if he didn't demonstrate it, then that is not who God is. In Luke's gospel chapter 9, the disciples that were following him, James and John, because some guys, they did not accept Jesus. He said, hey, Jesus, command us. Just give us the permission. Let's call down fire from heaven. Let it consume them. The way it consumed, the way Elijah called down fire. Oh, what was their reference? Elijah the prophet. And you know today, in various churches, people are calling down fire on people, on their enemies, all over the place. But Jesus said, it has been written. Love your friends. Hate your enemies. But he said, what I say. So that's a true representation of God. I say. So if I say, that is what God is saying. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. He said, pray for them that despisefully use you. He said, for that way you will be like your father who is kind both to the good and the evil, both to, both to the just and on the unjust. He causes his rain to fall on everyone. He doesn't cause his rain to fall on the righteous alone. He causes his rain to fall on what? Everyone. So Jesus comes to reveal the true nature of God. That he's a good God through and through. So, it means that it is not everything that is on earth that God is a cause of it. God has given the earth to man. Man has a will. Man has a will and God cannot violate the will of any man. He has created us that way or else we would have been robots. Would you prefer to have, to have been a robot? Where AI will now be controlling you. Hallelujah. So God has left us with wheels 
He has left us with emotions. He has left us with the ability to make choices. Cain killed his brother. It was his choice. Abel was righteous. He was not. But it was his choice. So unrighteous people can kill righteous people. Number two. Sin came into the world. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 5 from verse 12. Through one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. God didn't create, create death. He said through one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So God didn't create death. What did come? He said, you guys killed Jesus, but God raised him up. So God is a life giver. God is not a life taker. In the Old Covenant, they didn't, in the Old Testament, they didn't know much about him. In fact, they didn't, many times they didn't even know that the devil existed. So they attributed every evil on earth to God. So they were ignorant of it. So they didn't speak, they spoke, they, 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 didn't, they couldn't speak above their knowledge. Even the prophets. That's why Moses gave them laws. Moses was a lawgiver. So he gave laws according to human imaginations. But Jesus... The Bible calls Moses the servant in God's house, but Jesus is the son. He determines everything. He gives us the nature of God. So God is not the reason why those babies are dying. Sin came into the world. And what? It changed the course of humanity. And death was introduced. That's why the Bible says that the last enemy that is going to be taken out is death. And the resurrection of Jesus is the evidence that someday a day is going to come when death would have been completely obliterated. Praise God. So God is not the one that is killing the babies. And that's the reason why Jesus came. The Bible says that he came to take away sin that's the reason why no matter what you do no matter what we do we can't it's a, we cannot our our good works can't take care of sin is <laughs> that through the disobedience of one man sin came and death and it has to be through the obedience of one man that life will be given and that was why Jesus, who knew no sin, he was made sin, so that his obedience, by his obedience, the whole of humanity can get to a place where they can be saved from the power of sin. Let me go further. <sighs> Praise God. You're wondering, under fives, dying, 
in third world countries? How about those in first world countries that are being removed from the womb on a daily basis? Who caused it? By the will of man. It is the under fives you are seeing. The ones that have been aborted daily. Say, so why did God allow it? God didn't allow it. A human being decided, I am going to be an abortionist. And I'll take out. <laughs> and then they lie to themselves that, oh, until the child is born. It is not a, it is what? It is not a child, it's a fetus. So men lie to themselves. Do you know that men so lie to themselves? They were killing other people in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in those days, wars. People fought wars in the name of Jesus Christ. As if Jesus sent them. Jesus is the true nature of God. Did Jesus send them to go and fight the wars? Nope. Did Jesus send the colonial masters to come and to come and to come and kill us in order to bring the gospel? But you know what? Was it God's will? No. But you know what? God uses anything that man. You know, God man cannot be perfect for God to use him. God, in the midst of all the chaos in the world, finds a way to still get across to man. So even though the colonial masters, they came and, you know, destroyed things, uh, killed people, God still had to find a way to get his word to people. It was Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will not sow. If God had to wait for perfect conditions, nobody will be saved today. So God still had to use what he could get within the sphere of human frailty and hatred and wickedness to still get the gospel across. So we should still thank him. Praise God. Let me go a little further. Uh, when you are born again, but you, but you have not done water baptism, I believe, does God still accept you? Praise God. That you are gone, born again means God has accepted you. So that you are born again means God has accepted you. How does God accept Praise God. Amen. He's the one that made the provision for you to be accepted in the first place. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. He said, He has accepted us in the beloved. Who is the beloved? In Christ. So when you get born again, you, you, you are now in Christ. You are accepted. Praise the Lord. Okay, why did God, God not get rid of Satan before the fall of man? Praise God. Satan was an angel and is still an angel. 
Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 tells us the primary reason why God created angels. Angels were created to minister for man. They were meant to serve man. They were created to serve man. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation? God does not need servants as angels. It's man. Someone says, well, so why, why is Satan doomed? God did not create angels to have wheels. That's what was what is man that you have that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him he said you have made him lower a little lower than Elohim crowned him with glory and honor he said to which of the angels has he said at, at any time sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool what are the angels supposed to do they are not sitting they are waiters they are meant to stand. Angels, their ministry is to serve man. So the devil, right, or Satan, right, was not created as Satan, right? He, he violated his creation. He violated the rules of engagement and he, he, he decided to go according to his will. And that's the reason why he's eternally doomed. The reason why man is not eternally doomed is because God gave him a will. And so he can exercise his will. Man has the right to exercise his will, but the devil did, was not created to have the right. So he violated creation. Praise God. But God made him and all the other demon spirits, angels, fallen angels, made them to, to, to what? To serve man. But God will not bow to his creation. God is a faith God. And that's why he exercises his faith in man, that someday you are going to turn to him and not to the devil. He said, to whom that you yield yourself, right? You become, to obey, he said, you become his servant. Is a spiritual law. So, when you yield yourself to obey, he said, you become the servant. If you yield yourself to righteousness, you become servants of righteousness. So, God trusted in man and is still trusting you today to make that choice. And turn away from the devil. Praise God. Praise God. You could have as well said, well, why, why did God create Adam then? He shouldn't have created the man Adam. If he didn't create Adam, you won't be here today. You won't be dreaming of owning a jet. You won't be dreaming of owning a house in this Lagos. Many years ago, I was in a church service. 
He said, how many of us want to go to heaven? Everybody said, yeah. Somebody said, how many of us want to go? Now they said, no. <laughs> After me, my dear brother and my sister, say, Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And I believe in my heart that he died and rose again. You want to say it? You want to say it? You are not sure whether you want to say that? Say it. I believe in my heart that he died and rose again. He died for my sins. He rose again so that I can have access to, to God. Thank you. I confess Jesus as my Lord today. From today onwards, I will serve him all the rest of my life. Thank you for giving me your life. And so today, I can boldly say, because I have called on Jesus, I am saved. Jesus, you are my Savior. Jesus, you are my Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's celebrate this once. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. Glory. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. The Bible says that the heavens rejoice. There is joy in heaven over the salvation of one soul. Come on, there is joy in heaven. Let's rejoice with them this morning. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please, I want you to quickly do something. Pastor Tose, please follow uh, uh, Pastor Tose. He will lead you uh, to a particular room where some folks will, will meet with you briefly and then you come back into the service. Come on, let's celebrate them as they go. Please follow him. Please follow him. Follow him. Come on, church. Let's.